Hello and welcome to the Persephone program for May 29th, 2020. Um, it's been a while since I've broadcast to you and primarily it's because I have been feeling really pretty crappy, you know, not physically um, since I was sick. Uh, I guess it was about three weeks ago. I've been feeling physically okay, but I think that mentally, emotionally, like psychically and energetically, it's been such a hard time. And I am sure if you're listening to this, you would agree. And certainly it's, you know, it's this micro or this as within energy is very much from the as without. And even though things are, I think, for the most part, getting a bit better, I think that we still have some real issues that we need to work out and some real problems and challenges and opportunities to resolve during this summer period and also through pretty much the rest of the year. So I want to talk about that. Today we're going to talk about the eclipses, the retrogrades, the nodes of the moon changing. Oh my God, boys and girls, this summer is going to be intense as actually all of the time period leading up to the American election. So we're talking June, July, August, September, and October as being especially intense. And I'm going to tell you why. We're going to go over um, first some of the planetary retrogrades uh, and then the eclipses and what it could mean to you and to the world at large from a mundane, that is a collective standpoint and also a personal standpoint. And I'm going to give you some examples of how eclipses are thresholds, portals, and initiatory points in life. And I'll give you some um, examples from my own life about that. And maybe you can look at your own personal natal charts and or contemplate like what could happen. So that's what we're going to talk about today. And first, I want to specifically give you some dates. So if you're listening and you maybe want to, um, I don't know, just like write some stuff down, I think that uh, that would be a really good idea right now. So well, let's go over first the retrograde periods for the summer um, leading into the fall. I'll talk about dates for the eclipses and then give you some explanations on, you know, the potential energetic manifestations of all of this. Okay, so if you are interested and you're listening and you want to like get out a pencil, here's the retrograde calendar for this year. Okay, first we had Pluto in retrograde. I also want to mention just really briefly that before our Venus, um, which is in many ways like our closest personal planet and represents both our relational energetic abilities and force, but also the pleasure principle. Before she went retrograde, she kind of like was at her maximum elongation and in, in readiness for her retrograde, which is something that only happens every other year. Um, that happened March 24th. So that was kind of a timing tool to sort of look at, you know, how she was going to go into her retrograde period and kind of 
essentially become invisible um, and or inhibit our ability to um, both have increased pleasure and fun and also to move our relational or current relational uh, experiences forward. So um, March 24th is when that happened. And I'm sure that you guys all understand that was the timing of that. Here's a retrograde calendar. So Pluto <clears throat> retrograded, stopped uh, forward motion and went into retrograde April 21st. April 25th, and we'll be there for um, four months till October 4th. Saturn uh, retrograde in Aquarius, and we'll go back into Capricorn um, for much of the summer and not um, move forward until September 28th. So May 10th, uh, Saturn in Aquarius at one degree um, moved into um, and is moving into Capricorn later uh, this summer. Venus uh, in retrograde, May 13th through June 25th. So for about four weeks, that is 40 days, Venus in Gemini. And I'll talk more about that in a second. Jupiter um, in Capricorn, uh, retrograde, May 14th through September 12th. And then in later this coming up month in June, we will have, which is a power packed month, you guys, We'll have Mercury retrograde in Cancer from June 17th through July 12th. Um, then in we'll have Neptune retrograde in Pisces from June 22nd until November 28th. And finally, um, in Uranus, uh, not finally, but Uranus will also be in retrograde from August 15th through January 14th. And then we will have Mars also in retrograde September 9th through November 13th. And that Mars in retrograde, similarly to the Venus, is going to be very, very impactful for us. And we'll probably feel that also a little bit in August too. There's a bit of a shadow period for these, um, especially the personal planets. That is the planets from, uh, you know, Saturn, you know, the closer planets to the Earth. There, you'll feel them more personally. The outer planets retrograde very fairly often. Uh, with Mars and Venus, you get them every other year. They're not as common, you know. Um, Jupiter retrogrades also every single year, no matter what, and um, usually for about four months. But the personal planets, you're gonna, especially since they're not every year, you're really gonna feel those because they're personal and they affect our day-to-day -day social lives. So that's your retrograde calendar. And I want to first talk about um, the Venus in retrograde. I did a workshop recently. And if you're interested in learning more about Venus and you didn't join, let me know. Because I'm not going to spend all the time here. But Venus is, like I mentioned, our relational and pleasure principle. And this Venus retrograde is... Um, fairly powerful for several different reasons. And, um, you know, you're listening to it now, actually, you know, I'd say it's all been about two weeks um, in retrograde and about six in shadow, including shadow. And you understand what it means to continue to move forward in your life with a lot of the pleasure sucked out of it or the need for you to go within to find your own sense of beauty and harmony and fun and love. And it's affecting relationships with other people. It's affecting um, your, again, your ability to sort of have fun, to feel pleased by 
the sensual um, aspects of life that Venus has rulership over. Um, this particular Venus was or is square Neptune too. So there's this sort of like feeling also of like longing um, for the ideal and the um, the slipping away of certain types of maybe idealizations that you've had in regards to relationships or the desire for them to be things other than they weren't. So kind of a lack or like a kind of come to Jesus moment where you're looking at relationships and going, oh, you know, maybe it's never going to get better than this, that kind of a thing. Um, so, you know, it really is, uh, you know, essential for us to all look at the ways that we have been thinking about, um, our own joy, fun, and pleasure, and the way that we have been thinking, which is Gemini, about, um, our relationships, what they do for us, um, how important they are. All of those types of things are definitely important right now. Now we're very close to, um, just so you know, right now the physical Venus is, you know, has kind of pretty much disappeared. So she isn't rising in the night sky anymore and she will be, um, you know, invisible probably for another like five or six days and reborn as a morning star, meaning that she will be visible in the morning, um, for us here now. And it really isn't, till after June 3rd when she makes her what we call inferior conjunction with the sun and Venus is you know between the earth and sun she is the closest to earth that we are going to start to feel a little bit better from some of this like long cold winter kind of energy that we've had um so that's a positive thing because we're looking at um we're looking at the idea of first of all losing some of the juice, I guess, that we've had from how the outside world and outside relationships have been feeding us and learning to feed ourselves. So the, the, the Venus's evening star is the outward self, the other. Uh, and the Venus as morning star is, you know, the, the lover of self and the ability to get and sustain um, love both through self-love but also through you know what the earth has given you so sensual pleasures and I think that um, you know once we all realize that we can't necessarily get you know all of our needs met through you know partying at the bar or going to concerts or you know even through some of our relationships we find other ways to make ourselves happy you know, because Venus in many ways is the, is the kind of the planet um, of happiness. And so her moving forward now is a chance for renewal, a chance to heal different parts of ourselves and also um, to see through this tough time for us to see different aspects of our own self that maybe have been hidden from view. There's a very big astrological and energetic focus on shadow and shadow work this year surprise surprise we have three eclipses in a row eclipses are all about shadow and we have a boatload of retrograde planets that we don't have every year you know we'll have some of our outer planets in retrograde every year but we won't have some of the personal planets like venus and mars so we have pretty much like you know 
every planet in retrograde um, this summer and this year. And not only that, we have three eclipses altogether. So there is an underworld journey that we are having to take both personally and collectively and a tremendous amount of opportunity in that. Tremendous, okay? This underworld journey um, brings us potentially forward, okay? And allows us transformation and renewal to look into the shadow side of ourselves personally, how we have lived our lives to become more conscious and awake, and also collectively, how are our social um, structures working for us? What is going on? I mean, strong dualism is present here. So, and that is in every aspect of it. So there's a real opportunity opportunity for us to engage in these energies and patterns. Um, so doing it when each planet is in retrograde is ideal because you have the power to do that. So for now, we're looking at Venus. We talked about that. And we're looking also at Pluto, which is a very, very, very long term, um, you know, energy, the slower the planet actually the more powerful the energy and the more lasting the results in many, many ways. And Pluto has been in Capricorn since 2008, giving us lessons in, and I've talked about this a ton, our structures of government, our financial structures, our economic structures, um, our power structures. And it is all coming to a head this year, isn't it? Yep. And it's, I mean, it's, it's in the stars. And, um, you know, again, <clears throat> people have been looking at the correlation or correspondence to the position of the planets in our solar system and life on Earth for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. And four to 5,000 years ago, in the time of the great Babylonian, um, the Chaldean astrologers, uh, all of the position of the planets and especially eclipses uh, were omens. So this is kind of a little bit of a fatalistic, you know, time. And it's also opportunistic too, because in this modern world, we don't just see ourselves as victims of the universe. We see ourselves as having the opportunity to engage consciously with our own response to actions outside of our own power, to become awake and conscious and aware and to actually work with that energy. So if you have a malefic or difficult um, energetic force, you go into that consciously and you see what that gives to you, whether it is information about your own response to life, which we can find with the, with these Venus and Mars squares and Venus and Mars retrogrades, um, or these very long-term uh, you know, Capricornian destructive energetic forces that are allowing us to say like, hey, it's time for us to actually make physical change. Okay. So, all right, little rant here, but Venus right now is, I think, extremely important. And one of the reasons why she is such a guide to me is that Venus as a deity and or a goddess is all chemical. Venus was not born of any um, human or personified god or goddess, which is, you know, she's actually the only one, as that she was actually born from, from the actual, you know, kind of 
the earth forces itself as something that she sprang from um, Uranus's sperm from the ocean itself. And um, the force of Venus in our life as a force of, of great, you know, both sexual drive and creativity um, and happiness and joy, you know, is really powerful. And so I think that digging into what gives us that sort of joie de vivre, that love of life is really the medicine for what can get us through these very long-term, you know, difficult challenges of realigning and resettling and resorting our priorities. So, um, you know, this Venus is very important, both, you know, um, out of bounds, uh, which is very unique for Venus retrograde, um, and also in, you know, a square aspect to Neptune, there's a lot of creative energy. And I think a lot of creative energy will come out of her retrograde in this time. Um, so looking at, you know, Venus's movement back up out of the shadows after June 3rd, um, definitely obviously in line with the economy coming back to normal. Um, but also looking at reclaiming and integrating some of the, some of the situation of, you know, even the last eight years since she was in Gemini last, you know, how are you able to integrate, dig deep, um, and come up to find out how do you, how you relate to others and, um, and to yourself, your attitudes to love and to getting what you want, your attitudes to pleasure, um, becoming aware of the things that you've outgrown or no longer reflect who you are. And it's time for you to revise and alter your outside to reflect this new inside journey that has happened since COVID-19 and all of the the um, quarantining, because some of that is going to change over the summer and now you're going to be different. So what does it look like? What are your friends, lovers, and community look like? What does your creativity look like? Um, all of that. And how have you been cultivating, you know, hope and faith and love um, in the midst of the pandemic? So these are the important things for you to look at and also what has been swept away. Okay, so your projections, your ideals, you know, some of the things that might keep you from um, intimacy or from, you know, the successful security of a real relationship with a real person. So just really quick, if before I move on, remembering with Venus and especially Venus in relation to Neptune, if we project our disappointment on aspects of other, whether they are, um, you know, projecting our disappointment that we can't go out and live our lives normally and like go to the bar or go to the movie theater or projecting our disappointment on people or even life, itself and its movements and changes, um, we may not be able to see where we can improve our own shortcomings or our own programming. Okay. So please do not be trapped in any kind of blame. Um, move away from any kind of like realistically, you know, unrealistically or unattainable ideals that you may have about life. Um, other people, Maintaining happiness, love, pleasure, and joy is our own responsibility. And you find in retrograde time periods, 
that we have to take off our rose-colored glasses, okay, and figure out what it is that we truly and personally need and take responsibility for giving that or allowing ourselves to allowing ourselves to receive that. Okay. So, um, you know, this is a big opportunity with retrograde. So retrograde Venus allows us to do that and, um, and to really reflect on that. And I'm, I am going to be, um, reflecting on retrograde Venus throughout her entire, um, you know, retrograde period. So, a you know, through June 25th, every Friday, I'm going to be doing a, um, a guided meditation into Venus. And if you're interested in that, send me um, an email at michelle.prentice at gmail.com. And I'll send you um, my um, Venus retrograde guided meditation. And you can listen to it and do that yourself too. Because sometimes there are things that you can't intellectualize. Even with Venus in Gemini, which is of course an air sign, it's really hard to figure out sometimes what it is that we are doing or not doing that blocks our own ability to receive and even give pleasure. Um, so there is so much that I can say on this, but I wanna do a lot more on this podcast and talk about Venus and retrograde, although you know I feel she's really important. Look back to um, the same time in 2012 and think about um, what was going on with you then, what was happening, um, you know, look at your own astrological chart, um, Venus, you know, at around 21 degrees of Gemini, or if you have late degree of Sagittarius, um, Pisces or Virgo and look at what has been going on with you um, lately and are there any links okay um, so we also have okay which is also really interesting talking about Gemini and Sagittarius um, we have an upcoming Sagittarius lunar eclipse on June 5th just a few days after um, Venus kind of like reveals herself as a morning star still in retrograde. Um, and this Sagittarius lunar eclipse is the very first lunar eclipse in the Gemini Sagittarius nodal change. So there are eclipses in series um, and they're called Saurus series. And these go on in ad infinitum. Um, and this particular eclipse series is part of the Saurus series 137, I believe. And we just had a big change from the Cancer Capricorn eclipse series. And that means when I say that there's a series, it means that the nodal, the nodes of the moon are essentially elliptical points in space where the moon's orbit around the earth meets the earth's elliptic, which is the earth's orbit around the sun, okay? And this kind of astronomical movement is what um, creates the environment for eclipses, okay? Where in a solar eclipse, we have the moon blocking the energy of the sun. Um, and it is, that is especially important. Um, and then we also have the lunar eclipses too, where, you know, part of, um, you know, with specifically, you know, with the lunar eclipse, we have a blocking of the reflection of the sun's 
rays on the face of the moon due to the Earth's movement around the, the, um, the sun. So we have this new series. And so for the next 18 months, because they work in 18-month series over many, many years, um, we will have lunar and solar eclipses now for the next time period, 18 months, in Gemini and Sagittarius. And eclipses are really important because with eclipses, we have a blocking or again, a shadow energy on top of our luminaries, the sun and the moon. In traditional astrology, um, eclipses have always um, reflected omens on the change or even you know, the shadowing or eclipsing out of certain types of things as related to whether or not they were solar or lunar. Um, and this is very macro, we're talking about on a world level, but it's also micro on a personal level, especially if a solar or lunar eclipse hits your own important parts of your chart, either the angles of your chart, that is the cusp of the first, fourth, uh, seventh, and 10th houses, or any, the nodes of your own moon, or any personal planets, okay? So we do have one last solar and lunar eclipse in the Cancer Capricorn Pantheon, which are coming up. But first, we will have a Sagittarius penumbral or partial lunar eclipse on June 5th. So if you got your pens out, so our first lunar eclipse, our full moon, is on June 5th in Sagittarius. And um, it is kind of unique because it ushers in three eclipses in a row, which typically doesn't happen. Two eclipses, yes, but never three. And I think it has something to do with the finalization of the Cancer Capricorn. It's like, we know that we have had so much change and so much like contentious energy, especially around all of our structures in our life. Um, and, you know, I mean, I, I cannot tell you how many people have passed away during this time. And maybe it's for me because I'm Cancer Capricorn person. Um, but it's been a lot of massive change, um, both on a societal level and also on a personal level for me in the last couple of years. And, you know, kind of like the summer is in many ways the end of that. Um, and then there's a new cycle beginning. Okay. And I think that there's a lot of keys to that uh, along the lines of the idea of, of Gemini and Sagittarius. So the nodes of the moon have moved to Gemini and Sagittarius as of a couple weeks ago. It was like, um, I think May 6th or 7th at 29 degrees. And so now we're having our first eclipse in that Gemini Sagittarius um, focus. And this is happening June 5th, and it will be at about 12, 12 p.m., so about noon, a little after noon Pacific time on June 5th. And this particular um, lunar eclipse isn't as powerful as the upcoming um, June 21st um, eclipse, but it does have a lot of the ideas that have kind of been reflected in um, all of this Gemini. So this is the first of the, you know, eclipse trio. So there's, a, there's an element of 
the idea of what we think versus what we believe, the idea of trying to separate beliefs from actual um, data, which is super important. And I think that we're really seeing that out in the collective with you know, um, what is real and what isn't, even in terms of data about, you know, scientific data in regards to this pandemic, like it looks bad. How bad is it? Um, how many people have it? What's going on? Um, you know, how can we treat this? All of this is all, um, very intense. And we have, um, you know, we have a really strong, uh, you know, pattern here with, the moon, sun, and Venus in a T-square to Mars, also in Pisces. And so there's like a lot of contention and I feel like Mars is going to be a real key. Um, Mars is in Pisces right now, which is not the best thing because um, Mars is a warring aspect and Pisces is a peacemaker. And, um, you know, kind of shadow side of Pisces can also be the sense of victimization or victims coming up and rising up um, you know, uh, tired of their, you know, constant sacrifice. So there's, um, a lot of like mutable because this is a lot of mutable energy. There's a lot of like multiple ideas on issues that are going and that are going to happen. So there's opposing points of view. Um, some of them even have some validity, um, because we also now have uh, Mercury in Cancer. There's a lot of emotionality leading into this and our Mercury will retrograde in Cancer too. And at some point, this is also going to, um, you know, connect with our, uh, you know, our, our own US chart. So there's a lot going on in our collective, especially in the United States. Um, in regards to like what we believe in and how the idea that like our emotional reality in a weird way is even more important than the facts. And there's a strong need with the North Node in Gemini and all this Gemini energy um, for us to actually try and separate ourselves from what we feel and, and what is right in front of us. What is the data? So this is like really important for us both to do personally and collectively right now. And especially around this Sagittarius lunar eclipse, we need to understand that there's like a process coming up. And I think it's going to be, it's going to take time, obviously, but it kind of like begins now and it begins at this coming um, upcoming lunar eclipse. Okay, so we know that there's a boatload of retrograde planets and um, we talked about the dates um, specifically too for the retrogrades. Um, and I wanna talk about uh, the upcoming, um, the really important upcoming um, solar eclipse in Cancer because it really is the, I think, most impactful uh, eclipse really of the whole year. And it is, you know, obviously we've, we have Mercury retrograde then. Um, we have uh, still the Venus retrograde. We have Pluto retrograde. We have Saturn retrograde, <laughs> um, Jupiter retrograde. There are a boatload of planets there. And also because the solar eclipse is like um, 
traditionally one of the most important and it is an annular or like full lunar eclipse. I mean, solar eclipse. Now the solar eclipse isn't specifically visible from the United States this year, like it was in 2016. Do you remember the great American solar eclipse? They called it that because the field of totality was or was across the United States. So meaning that you could actually visibly see it. Um, I think that this solar eclipse is only going to be visible in parts of Asia, um, um, India and China. Yeah, so China for sure, um, parts of India and Korea. So look for something like that to happen, to look for some important things to happen in China. And, um, but um, it's also impactful because the United States, the chart of the United States, we know that we're a July 4th birth um, is impacted by the you know solar eclipse exactly on the solstice and that's also very uh unique too to actually have a solar eclipse on the exact solstice this doesn't happen very often and it gives it added intensity intensification is also really super important with eclipses now i have um i have noticed throughout time throughout my own life through observance that even though much of uh, the eclipses are supposed to be mundane, meaning that um, eclipses have tended over thousands of years to be regarded as impacting nations or impacting the macro rather than the micro and individuals. But of course, we're a part of the macro, so we're always impacted. But in traditional astrology, it was like, it was as if that you know, what really mattered was the group, you know, the collective, um, that the individual didn't matter as much. It really wasn't until for thousands of, you know, of years, it really wasn't until Hellenistic astrology, which is around 2000 years old itself, but, um, that the individual mattered. Um, so there's, there's an impact of both, but I want to mention that I did a delineation of the last eclipses, that is the ones that happened right after um, the 26th of um, December and July, uh, January 10th, the last eclipses in Cancer Capricorn, and how that affected my life, um, and how it exactly impacted both my chart and my mother's chart, and led and or, um, you know, was a reflection of some very major things happening in my own life. I have found through observation that eclipses, especially if they hit important parts of my own chart, actually create massive change and or reflect massive change. So um, it is to your benefit if you're a student of astrology or you're interested in this for you to look at your own astrological chart and to see if these eclipses hit any points. So this is a zero degree um, new moon, essentially, with the sun and the moon conjunct at zero degrees Cancer. Um, so if you have any points close to that, um, this, you know, it's very likely that there will be some change. Um, it is a portal, a threshold, an opportunity for you to, it, it kind of is almost like, I feel like the, um, the eclipses are like birth canals and um, they both birth in and out people in your life. So often with eclipses, they can eclipse physical people out of our life, but it also obscures 
energy. Okay, so with with a solar eclipse, it's obscuring male energy or solar energy, um, and a, a part of the life force. So you know, it is like where you're going, um, you know, life itself, and it may also have something to do with um, because it is in Cancer with you know typically cancer you know is which is represented by the moon too has something to do with like the family or even like the in ancient astrology the moon was also was the queen the sun was the king the moon was the queen and they would have omens if there was a lunar eclipse it would be you know potentially something happening with the queen but it could also represent the common people because the moon is also the group um, the lunar group. So um, there is some issue with because, um, you know, there is kind of like an out of sign square here um, with Mars conjunct Neptune. So there has to do with um, kind of like I feel like Mars and Neptune is, is there, there's a creative aspect that could either be born or, or, or finish. And there's also an idealistic aspect or even just a I mentioned earlier with shadow side of Mars and Pisces being like a sense of victimization. Um, but, you know, sometimes it, it's that like a door closes and another door opens. So this is a very interesting solar eclipse. It is the last solar eclipse in Cancer. So if you are a Cancer yourself, this is the last of change um, for you, you know, on your sun. For the last, you know, the last 18 months has been a lot. So we're kind of finalizing something. And I feel like it has something to do with the United States too, very strongly. So, um, you know, look at whether, look at this in your chart. Uh, if you know your actual physical chart, um, this could be, you know, I want to mention that if the eclipse um, is happening, like, you know, at the in the top part of your chart, um, that you can look at effects happening fairly soon or within the first six months of the year or six months um, right after the eclipse and if it if you're if you know that your sun your moon is at the bottom of your chart um, that it you know these are things that could happen within you know six to twelve months but you will definitely find some change happening in your life okay this is an again this is a very important eclipse okay and um I think that there are both psychological and actual physical manifestations from eclipses, and it has a lot to do with shadow. Because this is a new moon, I would definitively not try and do like a bunch of wishing for things to come to fruition, but more think of it like a little bit more uh, as a shedding time. I mean, you can work on your own shadows during this um, eclipse. You can work on releasing, similarly to lunar um, you know, uh, cycle, like a full moon cycle. Uh, so I would say that there's like just a little bit of a lack of, of energetic pressure on new things. So this is something almost kind of like something dying or something needing to, um, to be released still. Okay. Both personally and, um, and then also in, in the larger scheme of things. Okay. Um, so then we have, after that, the final Capricorn lunar eclipse on the 4th of July. 
oh, dude, like, this is so wild, okay? We have, especially for the United States, because we have this, you know, solar eclipse on um, on our summer solstice. And then we have a lunar eclipse on the 4th of July here. Um, and, you know, there is, again, like, there's something leaving. Um, there is something that needs to go. And there's something both from family standpoint, um, you know, and, and an emotional standpoint, but also because it is Capricorn, there is a final piece of structure that needs to go. Um, and, you know, honestly, uh, there's a really interesting trine to Uranus in um, Taurus. So this has something to do with you know, Uranus and Taurus is supporting the future. And there has something to do with like food and this country and how we've been living. And, you know, honestly, there's so much that people want to stay the same. But if you stay the same, okay, um, you never grow, right? And we do need to grow and evolve because there are so many structures here in this country and in our own lives that need to be improved okay and so um that is a tremendous opportunity and we have that opportunity this year both with um unfortunately difficulty uh and we didn't you know it's it's funny because i always tell people when i do personal readings um you don't have to meet this energy to make things happen you don't have to be conscious of the fact that you know you have uh, you know, a solar moon, I mean, a, a, an eclipse on your IC, or you have, you know, Jupiter transiting your midheaven, you don't have to do anything. You're gonna still get this energy. But if you actually interact with this energy, <clears throat> you can direct it into modes of opportunity. And that's what we can do with this year. What do you want to have happened? What do you want to improve? You know, many, many people have told me that they don't like their commute, okay? I know this sounds kind of trite. They don't like their commute. I have, you know, I lived for 20 years in LA and I have all these friends that are like, oh, you know, I live 20 miles away from my job, but it takes me an hour and a half, two hours every day sometimes. So now they're working from home. Now, obviously, this isn't the best thing, but we're going to continue to see a lot of the implementation, that new normal that's come from COVID-19, we're going to have that, but we're also going to see innovation. We're also going to see opportunity. Um, we're also going to see change. Okay. So with eclipses, things are also invisible. And, um, you know, that invisibility makes things, can make things visible. Like, you know, there's the idea here where, you know, sometimes your power isn't as strong during an eclipse. So my suggestion to you is that, you know, going within is always a great thing to do, which is still an, an important thing to do the whole summer. Because, I mean, for God's sakes, we got everything retrograde, right? You know, Mercury is your communication. Mercury is, you know, I don't understand why it rules technology, but it definitely rules communication. Because I'm not really sure that it does rule technology. Um, I think that... I think that there is a really strong communication issue in our country in general, and this Mercury retrograde in Cancer, um, which will be also uh, close to the um, 
solar eclipse is going to bring that up. And we have also, when we've had all this, I mean, we've got this Gemini, Venus and Gemini, and we have um, so much opportunity to see how do we communicate or not communicate with people um, because Neptune is crossing it square it you know do we have these weird ideals or you know thought forms in our head on how things should be and are and they're not like and because we have the nodes of the moon changing we have eclipses now in Gemini and Sagittarius we need to look at the facts and we also need to look at at improving our own community our own it, you know, it starts with our our family, you know, can start with you improving relations with your siblings, which Gemini, Gemini rules. It starts with you deciding that you're going to like make things better for yourself in your own, you know, sphere of interest. Maybe you can't, you know, fly to Europe for your summer vacation. So you decide you're going to go, you know, to Mount Shasta or something. You know, I mean, there's there's all these different things that we need to do here and now. You know, Gemini is very much like about to like trying to be present and mindful, which isn't always easy, but um, what's right in front of you? What kind of experiences can you have, okay, that are immediate, not that are far thinking? And also, how can you pull your head out of your ass and realize that some of your belief systems, you know, some of the ways that you've been operating, you know, might be completely imaginative, you know? So it's really important that you check yourself, okay? So um, I also want to mention here that, um, you know, there's there are a sources of life becoming blocked all this summer with these eclipses, and especially right in front of us and the retrogrades. So we need to work on any issues where the eclipse occurs in our chart both from a thematic standpoint. So we have, you know, I talked about Gemini and Sagittarius. You know, Gemini is the facts, ma'am. Sagittarius is the, is your belief around that, okay? Gemini is just thinking. I mean, Gemini can get lost in 37,000, um, you know, rabbit holes because they make so many different connections between all the data. And that Sagittarius energy sorts the data and creates a belief system, philosophy, or even religion around it, okay? You know, um... I'm getting some like idea about the law, you know, whereas Gemini is like stating a case and building a case and Sagittarius is ruling on that case. So we have a lot of, of that energy here, but we also have a lot of, of need for you to um, collectively look on what are the facts? What, what kind of belief systems do you have? And maybe kind of like shatter that belief system a little bit because it's what we're releasing that is that Sagittarius South Node. Um, we are releasing energy around the beliefs that we've had about life in general and many other things. And also look to where you have Sagittarius and Gemini in your chart and look to increasing information around where you have Gemini and maybe releasing some um, some of that around um, Sagittarius. So I'll give you an example. My my um, Gemini ruled house is the sixth house and my Sagittarius ruled house is the 12th. And those are in astrology. I like to look at them as the axis of health. Um, that's the Virgo Pisces axis um, with uh, Gemini being, you know, physical, actual physical health um, and Sagittarius being mental and psychological health. And so 
like looking at for me continuing to learn Gemini about different ways um, for me to improve my own physical well-being and some of the habits and rituals that I have ingrained in my life um, and then how that impacts my um, my psychological health but I'm going to work equally on both releasing some old uh, psychological modes of operandi and bringing in some new ideas um, like I don't know everything that there is to know about anything you know and so con- continual learning will bring me greater depth and health throughout this 18 month cycle and so that's what I'm going to do so look at your own chart where do you have the house cusp that is ruled by Gemini and the house cusp that is ruled by Sagittarius over the course of the next 18 months you will have a lot of opportunity to learn and so beginning with this first um, eclipse on June 5th what can you release okay so um Really quickly before I finish up, I want to talk about a really important retrograde, which is Mars. And um, Mars retrograde will also be um, up, you know, squaring um, Jupiter and Pluto, and I think even Saturn. And so um, the Mars in Aries starts September 9th and ends November 13th. So we will have. Uh, a Mars and Aries um, in you know in, in nasty and warring aspect to our um, this giant collective this Pluto in um, and around the election date of this year. Now Mars and Aries is you know Mar- Mars rules Aries and so it's comfortable there, but it's a very hot and fiery energy. And from like a geocosmological level. Um, there's a lot of fire energy and a lot of heat. And so, um, you know, astrology has, <laughs> astronomy has always been used to describe the weather, even before we had our little satellites um, that were watching the movements of clouds and things. And so it's very likely that we will have a very hot and fiery, um, you know, late summer, uh, you know, whether it's actual physical fires, but I see also, you know, especially in the shadow period, uh, you know, of of mid to late August, that there will be a lot of contention, a lot of fiery, there's like a warring kind of energy here. And so, you know, for the last several years, even before, you know, and I don't think any astrologer like actually predicted specifically COVID-19, but, you know, we've been talking about 2020 as being a very, very difficult year, but especially this time period. Okay, so... Um, I think that a lot of it has to do with, because, because Mars is in Pisces prior to, um, Mars, you know, moving into Aries, that there is this feeling of like, there is an, you know, you can look at it at, I mean, as of this particular podcast, we've had a lot of, um, sort of warring, um, you know, people are protesting uh, police brutality, which is another like uh, issue of power and control that is along the lines of this, you know, the, the Pluto and the Saturn, the Pluto-Saturn conjunction in Capricorn. We have aspects of authority in our society that are out of balance. And I, I think that I talked about the Pluto-Saturn 
conjunction and even the COVID-19 as being like the real, real, real issue that I see as being the most difficult is, um, you know, is really right use of power. And um, we have a real problem in this country with that. And honestly, you know, many of the best ways for us to deal with it is to protest. And so I think that there's going to be a lot of protesting and I think there's going to be a lot of contention around, you know, what is real and what isn't real, um, what is fake news and what is real news and also um, right use of power. And we need to, prior to this, you know, amazing Saturn-Jupiter conjunction in Aquarius, we need to listen to the people. And I think that some of these eclipses are going to show um, opportunities for us to listen to what the people want, which is obviously not to be abused. Um, And you're going to see more of that. So... I would just like get really ready for, um, you know, for a lot of, you know, more protests and some of them may even be violent. And, um, you know, I think that, uh, that honestly, it's almost kind of like whatever, you know, I don't believe in, in, in violence. I believe that, that, you know, true movements like, you know, MLK, like Martin Luther King Jr. and Gandhi, and even Nelson Mandela, you know, some of our true freedom fighters in the world against injustice, you know, after, you know, after much consideration and wisdom found that peace is the only way. Um, But of course, there is and needs to be an expression, a natural expression of the people's um, sadness and despair and remorse and anger and wrath, because anger does have its function and its function is to move us out of a situation that is stagnant and wrong. So um, be careful. And when we talk about be safe, it's not just against the invisible COVID-19, but it's also like, you know, really looking at being safe um, and making sure that you're doing the right thing. Um, and being as, as virtuous as you can um, in thought and deed and action and participating in um in this opportunity for change uh so uh i think that i have like already talked for a long time um but i'd love to hear back from you about uh retrogrades what you're doing if you need any retrograde help um if you have questions about this summer if you need um any you know, any readings, I'm going to be doing less readings over the summer because I'm really committed to trying to write this book and get that out for me and for you. Um, And um, I want you to know that you have the power, that people have the power um, to redeem the world. And um, you can see that, I know, uh, to, it's important to learn how to fight back in a positive and productive way. Um, and I think, you know, being fed up, you know, times up, you know, is important. So, um, I'm sending you love and I appreciate you listening to this podcast and would love for you to share it and, um, also to write to me and let me know if you have any questions about astrology. If you have, um, a chart related question that you'd like for me to podcast on, uh, or anything else. So you can find me at persephoneprogram.com and, um, Have a beautiful day.